0: Good morning. It is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to those who observe it. And it's a bright, cold morning in New York City over the remains of yesterday's snowstorm. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Former Representative Tom Swasey will be returning to Congress after winning yesterday's special election to fill the seat vacated by George Santos. Swazi successfully convinced the atavistic voters of the district that he shared their bigotries, fears, and resentments, and thereby spared everyone a news cycle about how the Democrats were losing touch with real America. The race was called pretty fast, but not fast enough to make it into our morning New York Times. Although you can see its shadow in the lead story in the paper, House impeaches Mayorkas citing border policies, as a story inside the paper elaborates. The difference between this successful impeachment attempt and the failed one before it was not that in the interim they had discovered any identifiable high crimes or misdemeanors by Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, but simply that Representative Steve Scalise got far enough through his cancer treatment to return to the House and provide the one-vote margin for impeachment in the brief window before Tom Suase takes his seat. Assuming that is that Suase's pandering to anti-immigrant sentiment would not extend to joining Republicans on a baseless impeachment. The Times' story about the impeachment notes the absence of any identifiable claims of wrongdoing, and then says, somewhat puzzlingly, the approach threatened to lower the bar for impeachments, which already has fallen in recent years, reducing what was once Congress's most potent tool to remove despots from power to a weapon to be deployed in political fights. That's all rendered in the omniscient, authoritative voice of the Times itself, with no appeal to what critics are saying, But it doesn't seem especially true. Has the bar for impeachment fallen in recent years? House Republicans' decision to impeach Bill Clinton for walking into a perjury trap and lying about an extramarital affair happened more than a quarter century ago now, and there's been nothing after that until the impeachments of Donald Trump, first for trying to use U.S. foreign aid to extort Ukraine for his personal political benefit, which seemed like a valid enough crime to charge him with, to the extent that impeachment defied precedent, It was the bad precedent under which neither Ronald Reagan nor George H.W. Bush got impeached for the crimes of Iran-Contra, and second, for Trump's violent attempt to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. And that leads to the very odd end of the sentence, in which the Times proposes that, in the past, impeachment was a potent tool to remove despots from power. Like basic historic question one, who? Which despots ever got removed from power? It's true that Richard Nixon resigned under threat of impeachment, but as we've seen in recent years, that just shows that Nixon was an amateur, despotism-wise. As long as a despot has real power, like Donald Trump's command over the Republican Party and its membership in the House and Senate, impeachment turns out to be totally powerless. Anyway, while Tom Suozzi is winning by telling Long Islanders that he hates immigrants as much as they do, and while the House was impeaching Mayorkas for some sort of vibes-based complaint about his handling of immigration— A headline on page A13 reports, illegal border crossings plummeted in January. The number of illegal border crossings dropped by 50% from December to January, although the Times notes that there's usually a drop off in January anyway, and that the numbers are still high. There is more grappling with questions about the question of immigration on page one, in a story pondering the mystery of how Nikki Haley, a longtime supporter of anti-immigration policies, is now under attack from Donald Trump and his supporters for being soft on immigration. Somehow, the story does not get around to discussing the most obvious reason why the racist demagogue at the head of an anti immigrant political movement would be accusing the child of Indian immigrants of not sharing their values, although it does note in passing that Haley maintained support for legal immigration when her party shifted its focus toward more extreme immigration cuts. It's almost as if Trump has made immigration such a moving target that what used to be a steadfast, tight borders Republican position is no longer sufficient for the party. And on page A10, there's a report on research, studying how polar bears are doing as they spend less time hunting highly nourishing seals from Arctic pack ice, and more time as the ice melts, retreating to land to scrounge for whatever they can find there. The answer was that the polar bears they observed were burning calories faster than they could take in new calories on a diet, the Times writes, of grass, kelp, and berries, with occasional bird carcasses, bones, caribou antlers, eggs, and small mammals. Two of the 20 bears in the study appeared to be on a trajectory toward outright starvation before the ice would return and seals would become available again. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.